All right, man. I'm all set. Are you ready? I am. Yeah. All right, then let's do this, man. Um, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today we got a special guest in the building. This guy came all the way from France. Otro Francais aquí in the podcast. And he is definitely one of the recent most up-and-coming bass producers who's coming up in the scene. He just released a remix competition with Dr. Usha, who we interviewed last time on the Disciple Records. Please say hello to the one and only Biso. Let's go! <laughs> How are you doing, guys? <laughs> All good, man. All good, man. So, first things first, man. Before we get started, how are you, man? How are you doing? I mean, yeah, I'm doing great. Like, um, just released on the Disciple Men label. So anything, and I mean, anything couldn't be bad. Like, it's like the, the greatest, greatest thing, like right now. Like, I'm feeling really great about that. That's pretty good, man. And it took you long enough to do that remix with Dr. Ushu? Uh, actually, we, yeah, we like started the remix. Uh, I, I, I mean, like the first thing we said with, with uh, Danny was like, uh, we should do like uh, one of the remix. Uh, together okay so when the um, the stems dropped uh we we went like for the equis uh track because that's like the the one we love the most and yeah we basically started the remix uh when the the stems were like uh sent by disciple on the, on the internet so right. yeah we pretty much working on the remix f uh, since the start of the competition and crash it just right there from the Get-go, man. And that was like your first initial. You guys just want to go start with the E-Craze remits or there was other remixes that you guys wanted to do? No, no. We we agreed on uh, on doing the E-Craze remix like together. Mm -hmm. I did like uh, the, the gasoline remix, like the Dirty Phoenix one on solo just because I wanted to. Right. And yeah, we, we just did, decided first like going on the E-Craze track. And what actually prompted you guys to actually like, you know, Let's just do this together instead of doing it like individually. Like many people have done it individually, but a lot I'm seeing that they did like collab remixes. So what what prompted you guys say like, hey, Danny, let's just do this together. You know, let's kill it. Um, we pretty much uh, friends like since the the COVID started, like the oh. lockdown and stuff like that. Yeah, basically we did not know each other before, mm. and so like with the lockdown and stuff like that we are pretty much every time on the uh, internet hanging out on discords and stuff like that so it was a bit like natural like we became friends like we we uh we both do uh bass music dubstep dubstep and stuff like that yeah and yeah we we already did like one collab that's uh unreleased for now uh but yeah like pretty much uh, have a good um, feeling when we work together. Like uh, every uh, every one of us um, know what each, uh, each other do mm. and what each other needs, like in, uh, in terms of collab. So yeah, it was like pretty much natural to do something together again. And and you said yourself that you you and Danny met together through through online. You know, yeah, yeah, from Discord. I, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, and how do you guys knew it from from the start that it's like, oh, I'm from France too, you know, oh, which sector, like all that stuff. Um, we have like a French community 
community Discord that's called uh, FDA uh, for French Dubstep Army. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And yeah, and basically there's a lot of um, producer in there, like young oh, producers, okay. newcomers, yeah. um, established one. Like uh, like the, the the Discord was made for, um, I mean, by uh, Ivory, and uh, oh. and it's like run uh, run by um, Simplifier. Like is is uh, talking a lot in there as well. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, so yeah, I missed someone, but uh, it's a French guy who's living in Canada right now, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's called uh, Gassien, mm. and he's actually running um, a blog called dubstepmag.fr. And so basically, yeah, the m- most of the producers, French producers, are like in this Discord. So mm-hmm. we send feedback to each other. Uh, we post like uh, new new tracks that we made or just yeah talking with each other about uh, in upcoming events uh, music and yeah very friendly and um, family feeling of the the community and that's so that's that's how we met with uh, Danny by the way that's actually pretty cool man so before we actually get dwell even further man I actually want to know what actually prompted you to to actually do dubstep to begin with like what actually got you into into that because I as far as I'm concerned like uh to my to my knowledge I it's very little people from Europe if it's not from um the Netherlands or from UK that you see a lot of dubstep producers or people that are into the bass community and if you go to Spain France or you know other other party other places like Italy or Greece or anywhere in Europe, it's very rare you see a dubstep producer that came from those countries. So what actually got you into dubstep? Like where did it all started? Um, actually, like the the first time I listened to dubstep, uh, it was uh, I mean not dubstep because it wasn't a dubstep track, but. Mm. Uh, the first time I listened to bass music, um, it was the D- Dirty Phoenix uh, remix of uh, Scary Monsters and Night Sprites by wow. Skrillex. So wow. it was like in 2011. That was I a classic guess. one. Yes. Yeah. That's, that, that's like, when Dirty Phoenix were four people, right? Uh, I think they were four, three. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was like 10 years ago. Wow. <laughs> Actually, yeah. So yeah, that's like the first uh, bass music track I've heard. So not really dubstep because it was like in, in I mean, uh, drum, drum and bass tempo. Yeah, that drum drum step, that drummer bass. Yeah, yeah, that that drum step vibe. Yeah, and the second drop was like drum and bass, but yeah. Yeah. Basically, bass music. That's like yeah, mm-hmm. the the first one that got uh, hooked me up on uh, dubstep sounds, and I was my first reaction was like, yo, what the f- <laughs> is going on? In this track and like the sounds and the the energy and the feeling which was yeah just got hooked on uh, instantly and basically at that time um, dubstep was actually quite big in France like the mm. when Skrillex uh, got huge okay it was like most of uh, I mean like most of my friends that didn't don't listen to dubstep anymore but I know that at that time they were listening to dubstep yeah. just because of Skrillex. That was so big at the at this period of uh, right. period of time. So yeah, basically Octom dubstep and bass music by uh, Phoenix. And from then on, you just stick with yourself with dubstep. Yeah, uh, I still. Uh, I mean, right before going into electronic music, mm-hmm. um, I mean, not uh, before dubstep. I mean, uh, I got into producing music um, with uh, Daft Punk and Prodigy. 
Oh. So th oh. those were like my main inspirations uh, back then, before dubstep. Actually, like the, the first um, electronic uh, music album I've ever heard was uh, Daft Punk uh, Alive 97, not the 2007 one, but the 97 oh, one. Oh, the 97 one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I got to say, that's actually pretty dope because I, I, hey, I'm, I'm a huge Daft Punk, but I came a little bit later. When that live 2007 came around. So I was just like, yeah, I, I fucking love Daft Punk. But when you say that night, the, the previous one, that, you were really into the, uh, to electronic music, man. You were really yeah. into the roots. Yeah, yeah. Because I, uh, I already heard some electronic music before, right? Okay. So, I mean, we got mainstream stuff on the radio that was electronic, but mm -hmm. that wasn't quite like the... The Alive 97 one because right. it was so raw like and I knew that uh, it was coming straight from um, hardware stuff so they, they were using like um, rhythm boxes like uh, Roland Tyria 909 uh, synthesizer directly live no computers mm. uh, maybe one for the sequencing but like uh, back then it was <laughs> very rough but yeah. so that's what actually hooked me up on the electronic music it was just using machines to do stuff like that live. And mm. I was so, uh, it, it was like, um, I was just slapped in the face. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and after that, I, I listened to the 2007 one mm -hmm. and I was a fan. <laughs> I was instantly a fan. And that's how uh, after I discovered uh, the Prodigy, mm -hmm. What was more, uh, um, is it, uh, it's more like Brickbeat stuff, um, really um, other stuff, yeah, I could say. So, yeah, that's how I got into music. And, and uh, also at the same time, uh, I started a band, uh, which, uh, um, with my friends. Okay. Which, and it's actually uh, still going on right now. Yeah. It's, it's, we've been music, making music together for like, yeah, more than 10 that years now. That's pretty cool. So the band is still kicking it, even even to this day. Even while you're still doing your dub set, you're still doing the band thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing bass. <laughs> oh, I mean, why not, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a bass music producer, so I'm playing bass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah, little bit under the, the nose, but you know, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is it safe to say that that you got heavily inspired by by artists that oh, that came from France or just people in general that it could be anybody? No, it could be anybody. Like I knew Daft Punk was French, but that mm -hmm. wasn't like the first uh, thing that got to me. Like, oh, they're French, they're making good music, but mm -hmm. yeah, they're French. No, that's that, that wasn't like the um, the thing that got in uh, that, that got me into the the the, the music. Okay. Uh, I think I actually learned after that was hooked uh, that Daft Punk were French. Mm -hmm. So that was like a plus. I was oh my oh, oh so cool. that was like even even more. You get you take pride about that part. You know, saying like, yeah yeah of course like Daft like Daft Punk. <laughs> I know yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually uh, really cool to know uh, that. I mean, they're the French, so we get something to be right. proud of. I mean, like, I can name a lot of French producers that are big, big. Like, um, Snake, T'Challa, yeah. um, what's his name? Mala, right? Mala, yeah. Mala, um, and that's in the house part. The, the bass part is like a um, Ikres, Erotica, um, 
uh, Samplify Your Ivory, Dirty Phonics. Like, I, France is getting big when it comes to having producers out here because, mm-hmm. if, like I said earlier, before it was it like, if you want to know a lot about EDM or bass in, in general, like, everything's in the UK. UK or the Netherlands, the Dutch, because that's where you get the Tiestos, the 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 Martin Garretts, the Hartwells, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you get um, what's his name? Was it Spaghetti or was it um, Eptic, Eptic from Belgium? Eptic, yeah, yeah, Belgium, so, yeah, yeah. So you you don't see that often on anywhere in Europe, other than the coast side of Europe, where you get mm-hmm. a lot of it. And France, like France, is like right next to UK when it comes to like. Yeah, we got a lot of people out here. But yeah. do a lot of people in France do they listen to those guys? Um actually like the the bass scene in France uh mm-hmm. is actually quite not, not I'm not say uh small but like I know that there're just like maybe two or three cities that got uh dubstep shows. It's pretty much uh, a niche community right now in France like Compared to the ten years ago with uh, Skrillex and stuff like that, right? Yeah, uh, I think yeah, the the bass community is actually pretty niche. Like people listening to dubstep, I don't know that much of. Uh, it's rare. People. Yeah, apart from my um, producer friends, of course. Right, but, right, of course. But yeah, I don't actually know that much of uh, people that uh, wow. listen to dubstep. Yeah. So do you actually prefer to be like that? Do you actually like it that it's a niche thing that only certain people who are loved dubstep are into it? Or do you prefer to have it like a little bit more mainstream, like like how people like love house a lot, you know? Yeah. Um I don't really know actually. Like hmm. it's actually cool that it's a niche thing, but yeah, maybe I I'd like to to be more recognized. Uh, because sometimes people take dubstep as a joke. Mm. I don't know if you're saying what I'm uh, thinking, but uh, you know, like oh, you're making uh, gaming uh, music stuff, oh, stuff, okay. stuff like that. Right. You know, so some people don't take dubstep that much seriously. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like, a bunch of, yeah, bunch of yeah. noises and uh, that doesn't mean it, anything. It's but, not real music. Like what are you? Yeah, doing? yeah, stuff like that. Like. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I get- flip the finger to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, I had that argument with somebody who was into house. He he gets played all the time in ultra, and he and he and I remember early on when I was starting out with Dusty, he was just telling me like you know because I was I was in the booth and I was putting dubs at everybody, and then he comes out out of nowhere. It's just, he's an old dude, by the way, old guy, an OG. It comes with me and it's just like, like, what do you, what do you like dubstep? Like, it's just weird sound. That's not real music. That's just scratchy stuff. And I'm like, no, you're right. It's, it's actually, um, two transformers fucking each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and then he was looking at me like this serious. It's like, no, I'm being serious. Like, no, dubstep is nothing. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's not like orchestra, you know, shit like that. I'm like, I yeah I know just like orchestra orchestra is not a real thing. Everybody says it's musical, but if you come to think about it, it's all sounds. It just so yeah. happened that has rhythm on it, you know. But I I shut him up from there to say like, hey, dude, every music it comes from sound. Everybody had to come up with some sound. Yeah, 
Totally, yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, you know, like, it, it just so happens that people like the sound and people like the, the rhythm of the sound. So, sorry. Yeah, just, just the, the, the feeling of the, the, the track. Like, right, uh, exactly. Dubstep is a, have an ambience to, to it. And I, now I can't explain, but yeah, it just got something that can get you hooked up to the, exactly. to the stuff. Exactly. Like, now... I have I have like very strong feelings with um with Dubsa because I love it so much that I have to be very open minded and I had to give criticism where criticism is due. Um, I really do not like rhythm, man. I really and I, and it's not the and it, I'm not talking about rhythm that you know people from Disciple do, but more. But if we're gonna put someone from there, like the rhythm that does murder. Infect, you know, sudden death, that whole, you know, same pattern like for 16 bars. I cannot do it. I call rhythm as the techno version of dubstep. Yeah. Okay. I can yeah. see that. So, like, I don't mind if Virtual Riot does rhythm and does like throws a little rhythm and it has like a little growl or something, something different that allows me to know that, oh, yeah, you know, there's this variety. But if you keep me the same thing over and over, I sometimes have a problem because I feel like that's where I feel like there's no creativity. It's just the same thing over and over. And I don't even know when they actually did change the track. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is another track. It's like, <laughs> yeah, bro. This is like the fifth track. I was like, we're down to five tracks already. When did this happen? How does this change? What? Now, I ask you, do you feel the same thing or you're just like, you know what? I, I'm okay to do whatever I feel like to do, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, at first, I didn't really like rhythm as well. Okay. I mean, like producing rhythm is not my thing as well, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, listening to rhythm, like in a set, like in a club settings with a big sound system, I think that's where it takes sense. Because, mm. like the most of the time when I, I'm listening to like I, I, Oh, I was listening to uh, rhythm like uh, with my headphones at home. I was like, mm, yeah, man. Yeah. Going to my first dubstep show and hearing uh, rhythm on the sound system, mm. I was just like, like not blown away, but you, you just okay, you know, just yeah. just feeling the, the the vibe. Like, oh, it's very simplistic, but I think it works well. Like. Uh, in a set maybe not like a full set of like one hour of rhythm yeah uh maybe that's uh, that's not really my thing yeah playing some rhythm tracks in a full dubstep genre of uh, variety of dubstep yeah. And yeah yeah here and there that that really that's, works that part i don't i don't have a problem if you if you're gonna have a nice you know set and you put some rhythm tracks here and there i can fuck with it okay Okay, because now you're adding variety when you're DJing, you know? Mm. Now you're just going with the flow. And at the same time, you don't want to go, when you're DJing, you don't want to go bah, 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 all the time. <laughs> Give a little bit of brief, brief, or like briefer, brief, you know, brief. And and that's where you put the, the rhythm then, because that's where everybody calms down a little bit. It goes like, oh, oh, okay, 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 calm down. And then work our way up. I have no problem. Yeah, put mm. some rhythm in there to have that breathing room but i'm with you like i cannot do a one hour thing like, because at that point i'm just like all right i'm i'm getting the fuck out of here like i'm already bored i'm about to go <laughs> to sleep or some shit like i don't even know if this is the same song or not it's just 
Oh my god, no. Flashbacks, man. Flashbacks, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's just a matter of taste. Like, I know that some could uh, listen to, to that, like, for an hour, and I respect that. Like, hey, just... I, I respect that. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with people listening to. Like, everybody has their yeah, weird thing to listen to their music. Some may, some may call it weird, but for them, it, fe it feels like home. You know, it feels unique to them. I don't knock that out, man. Like, hey, kudos. If that's what makes you happy, go for it, man. Mm -hmm. I cannot listen. I cannot be like you and listen to it for one hour. I, I cannot. But yeah, everybody has a right to listen. And as a producer, everybody has a right to do whatever you want to do, like produce any music, you know? Yeah. Like, exactly. like if you're if you're dubstep and all of a sudden you, you want to make rhythm because, you know, everybody's doing a rhythm, like, do real. You want to do trap, do tra trap. Do you want to do house? Go. I mean, do us like if you want to make like a, just one hour of the same loop, just go for it. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, if I feel vibing with that. Like, yeah, just go. Exactly. Just vibe. Just go whatever you want. I'm a very advocate person of saying, like, do whatever makes you happy. If this is what makes you happy, go for it. You know, like, fuck everybody who tells you like, no, no, you're selling yourself. You're being a sellout. Oh, no, you're you were never with us oh no you're you're bandwagoning to our genre nah nah like fuck those guys like those guys are not giving you money they're not giving you food, uh, food to eat you know you do yeah. what makes you happy you know now I remember back then um, let's see five years ago or more it was kind of taboo quote unquote taboo to say like if you're a bass producer you only make bass and if you decided to do house Like, no, 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 you, you can't do the house under your net. You had to change things. You had to do a side project. Back then, it was a taboo. Now, we're mm -hmm. seeing it like it's much more acceptable. Okay. Do you think that's still, that thing is still around? The fact that, you know, it's considered taboo or, you know, it's like, nah, it's just a thing of the past. Um, I think uh, it's actually getting more accepted, mm -hmm. but I still feel like some fans uh doesn't accept that uh mm. their favorite artists uh decide to do another genre like I, i've seen some uh like put the name of which artists but i i uh heard some house music like from uh dubstep artists mm -hmm. it was great and and you check at the comments and you you see some shit like nah go back to dubstep dude like mm. nah that's 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 shitty or uh, like. just comments like that and you see that and you're like don't listen to the track okay but don't respect the art respect the artist choice exactly. like if he, if he want to make house like let him do house and yeah I, I feel like it's getting more accepted but yeah yeah it's, it's still a uh, pretty taboo like for some yeah. of the people out there yeah you see like I feel like the one person I can name of and Jesus like every time I name his name on the on the show people believe that I'm a simp for this guy but really he's one of my <laughs> he's one of my closest friends you know it's like needy greedy he's a, he's one of my closest friends we went to school together like everybody in the podcast are pretty sure they're tired of listening to talking about him but <laughs> it's 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 the fact that like, I use him as a perfect example because most of the conversations is like well look at this guy you know like <laughs> He's changing the game like nitty gritty before he started out with trap. And then little by little, he started to evolve himself by doing dubstep and then starting to do house. And then he has his house project side piece. But 
He also, on his sets, he still does everything. Future Pace, House, um, Dubset, Trap, and they all go hard, you know? And I feel like he wasn't the first person to change the game, by the way. Like, no. But he was definitely, like, one of the pioneers of changing the narrative of saying, like, why why is it that I have to do just dubstep? Why can't I just put a little bit of trap in it? Why can't I just put a little bit of future base? Why does it have to be dubstep? Like, no, let me do what I want to do and just go for it. And now look where he is. If you listen to a, a set of his, it's like, Everything is so like there, like every every great genre yeah. of the EDM is, and you and you listen to it, you're like, oh my god, this is good, this is good, you know? Yeah. So I am. I feel like the f first person who who jumped that was probably Skrillex. Going back to him, because remember, we all know Skrillex for what for Scary Monsters, Nice Sprites, First of the Year, Equinauts, and uh, and another bunch of stuff. And he did his whole career just doing dubstep until. Mm -hmm until he started switching a little bit more to the house scene and now he became all house. Now he's all house. Once in a while, he throws a dubstep here and there, but now you go to a set of his, he's all house. And even his label now also lies now all house, which at the beginning was just all dubstep or all around bass or around. So I feel mm -hmm. like that he's one of the first people who just like, yeah, I know I'm big. I can do whatever I want and just does it. And even still, you know? people still get criticized him, you know, for doing it. I, and I tell us, like, as an artist, don't you think you, as a fan of an artist, don't you think you want your artist to evolve, to do something bigger and better? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I like when uh, my favorite artists try new stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I, let's say, for example, if I say, um, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> let's say, let's say, Dolly Phoenix, like they know yeah. for dubstep and drum and bass. Yeah. If, uh, if the they like release like a new track, um, but it's like a different genre. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? If it's good, like, if let's go. Like, exactly. If it's good, it's good. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, I'm not like close to dubstep only. Like, I like all, uh, I, I mean, I'm open minded. Like, I like uh, all sorts of electronic music. So, yeah, I'm pretty much open minded. But maybe for someone that, like very big fan of dubstep that mm -hmm. like listen to 95% of dubstep. Uh, maybe that's why they, they're like, yeah, man, why my favorite dubstep artist making a new genre? Maybe they they feel like betrayed. I don't know. Mm. But I feel like also that um, it's more accepted doing other genre when you really do that like at the start of the career. Like for example, you, re you release like your first dubstep track but uh, let's say like the next month you release an house track and then a trap track. Maybe like if you show already mm. that you're doing like other genres right. at the start of your career, it feels like maybe more accepted to okay. like you do uh, uh, other genre. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to an artist like make it up for like for 10 years and then just switch into switch house it. music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was Squirrelis's move, you know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think people will be very accepting if a decision ever does that. Yeah, but I mean, like, can do whatever he wants. At this point, yeah, he can. He, yeah, like, <laughs> like so over the top, like he can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> like he, he has his own festival shows under his name. Like he has his own production, his own visuals. Like he does collaboration with everyone. His own yeah. label subsidiary. Like. Okay, like I, you, you mean also like subsidiary excision, right? 
A subsidiary, yeah, subsidiary um, mm-hmm. decision. Yes, yes. I was, I was referring, <laughs> I was referring to session to the whole time. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I switched, I switched name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just um, yeah. So if if I ever see that a session all of a sudden does house, the internet will break. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Excision making else never, <laughs> <laughs> never. I think himself he knows that. It would break the internet, so I think if, if you want to make sales, he's just gonna do a side project or something. Right? Damn, what could be his side project if he ever has a side project? Well, I mean, he already has Destroy with Downlake and KJ Swaka. Yeah, but it was bass music. Yeah, still. it's still bass music. Yeah, no, that's the and that and that is the heavy duty drummer bass with yeah. live bands and everything. That's that's just wild, you know. We actually. Uh, I think we need more like dubstep live acts, to be honest. Like, I remember Modstep mm-hmm. being big with uh, with the live. Um, Shout out to my um, brothers Josh and Pat from Modstep. Yeah, they they were like were doing like live shows live, with uh, yeah. a band and stuff like that. It was really great. I think we need more of that in dubstep actually. And and they want to like they really want to do the whole live band again I mean the drummer Pat he's a very good friend of mine and he loves that he that's it I mean that's his own he can DJ with with Josh but his real thing is all about you know being the drummer of, of Mozart mm-hmm. and everything but it's kind of hard for him or it's kind of hard to sell Mozart as a live set due to the whole pandemic situation so it's very hard for them to sell them as a live set. And it's easy to get them as a DJ set. You mm-hmm. know? And that's why you see a lot, you know, mostly with just Josh by himself and doing a whole DJ. And Pat is like, you know, waiting. And, you know, I think I think they'll probably do once everything's much more smoother, calmer. They're going back again to the whole mostly life. But it, the fitness is like their fitness and act. Their fin- the whole thing is that like, I've, I've seen them rehearsal. They have everything. They have like, Josh has like three different keyboards on top of that all connected to his laptop and he has his microphone next to him and then Pat has this drum set, you know, and then adding to his drum set, drum, electronic drum pads, you know, like the dude, they got a whole set and I'm pretty sure it's, they charge a lot more when they do live sets versus when they do DJ sets because DJ, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, more work than just a DJ set. Exactly. But I agree with you. I would like to see them more live set. And I would like to see actually much more other dubstep people going into that whole life life band stuff. You know, that's actually more energetic, you know, more more feeling about it, you know. Fox Stevenson yeah. is doing that thing, you know. Fox yeah. Stevenson and and he brought and he's bringing, you know, Pat from Mostead to be his drummer for his for his life. Because you know, oh really? Yeah. If you check I on, I didn't know that. If you check on Fat Stevenson's stories, you can and check on one of the Pat's stories. Like you can see that you know Pat has been the drummer for Fat Stevenson on his live bands, his tour right now. Okay. He's right now touring all around, and and I've seen him at work, and I'm just like, dude, like this is what you were made of, definitely. Like I don't <laughs> see, I don't see him as a DJ. He does DJ, but I see him very passionate about it. When he goes, yeah, I, I think that as well. Like, uh, Fox is more like a live act, yeah, person that just uh, DJ said, yeah. So, like, I, I feel like you know, we should have more bands like that. I mean, Pendulum is another one, Pendulum is like my, my oh, yeah, favorite, yeah, my favorite of all time, Same. you know, 
Rob Güç Sawyer. Rob Sawyer <gülüyor> happens to be my my idol, man. My idol, yeah. bro. Like it's three people: Zomboy, Squirrelets, and Rob Sawyer. And I met Zomboy, Squirrelets too many times, and not once have I met Rob Sawyer. I was like. Nah, bro. Like, I'm gonna meet Rob Sawyer one of these days. Like, <laughs> like holy shit, bro. Like, from Pendulum to Knife Party. I mean, like, the dude cannot do no wrong, man. At this point. Even yeah. when he did... Yo, I forgot. Knife Party was another one. Knife yeah. Party was another one that was all about drumstep and dubstep and then change it up all the way to house. Yeah, exactly. He did, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And and obviously the drum and bass side of them is um is on pendulum. And yeah. then when it comes to knife party, it's like, no, this is what we got on knife party. That wow, I've totally forgot that they they changed the narrative. And you can see it over the years when they were knife party to what was the one of the first songs, like Centipede or Rich the Valley? Mm, no, I, think, mm, I, I think like the 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 first uh, knife party EP was like the one with internet friends. So imagine from internet friends all the way to ghost train, which is like very housey, but it's like still yeah. look at that trajectory, man. I'm just <laughs> waiting for another. I'm just waiting for another Night Friday EP for them to do and just like have me at one dub on that's good enough. That brings me back to Night Party, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a Pendulum fan than Night Party, to be honest. <laughs> I'm with you on that. And it's because mm. um. Pendulum, actually, the first time I saw Pendulum was back in my hometown in Puerto Rico, in the island. They do um, EDC Puerto Rico. So it was 2010. And I remember that the lineup was one of the headliners, LMFAO, which is like, you know, back then, you know, party rock, of course. Oh, I'm in Miami, yeah. bitch. Um, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas. That was a cool set. Moby and oh, Moby, that's nice. Yeah, Moby was. I it was my first time listening to Moby, and I'm just like, What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I thought I was going to EDC just to go listen to the house to let see, listen, LMFAO and Will I Am until I started discovering to the other side, and I see Moby and then Pendulum set. And I'm like, What? <laughs> what the fuck? That there was at the time no when they were. They're about to release their immersion album. Oh, yeah. That's like the peak. That yeah, was big time, I guess. Yeah. That was their last album before, you know, before they were like had the hiatus. That was my favorite album of all time. It's like yeah, I could just pretty like, much a big fan of immersion as well. Yeah. Like Great. My, Great what, album. what what are your like your top five from that album? From immersion? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's an odd one. Uh, I remember listening to um, The Vulture a lot. Island Part 2, Under the Wave. That's like a really cool one. Right. Oh, God, I don't remember the name of that one, but that was like the, the one with um, Liam Ollett, like the, the guy from Prodigy. Oh, um, wait a minute. I know. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Hold on. Oh, I don't remember. The, wait, I, 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 I need to check the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the track. I'm checking it too. <laughs> Uh, da, 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 uh, immunize, ah, okay. immunize, and then uh, like maybe my favorite of uh, of all the album is uh, watercolor. Yes, very, very, very like underrated. Even to this day, it aged yeah. amazingly. Watercolor, like 
I'll say I'll say watercolor is one of my top five. The other one will be the same with Island Part Two. I feel like Part Two gave it much more of that pendulum vibe, going to knife party vibe, because that's yeah. where you you can start to hear the transition. It's like, oh, we're going more housey but more complex. Um witchcraft you- is definitely my favorite. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about witchcraft. Witchcraft is amazing, <laughs> man, and I I know that song from beginning to end and Crush. Oh yeah! Uh, I mean, I I can I can choose I can choose five songs. Sorry, but it's all <laughs> fucking good. It's one of those albums in which like you could just press play and listen it from mm. beginning to end, and you'll be like happy, and that's it. Yeah, and oh, uh, encoder, what a final for like an album. Oh wow, so good. Yeah, <laughs> I can choose any track. Basically, yeah, that's like. Fucking great album. Now, from the last EP that they just recently released, what are your thoughts behind it? Like the, uh, is it called the Driver EP? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that, it was the, they they named it like Trinity EP or something like that. I don't know. They had uh, the Driver, um, Nothing for Free, Come Back oh, yeah, Alive, yeah. and uh, uh, Out yeah, of Driver, the World. Come Alive. Yeah, yeah. 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 What are your thoughts about uh, that EP? Mm, it was okay, to be honest. Like, it was like, uh, classic pendulum mm. but I didn't feel like that was something like breaks breathtaking compared mm. like to immersion right uh, it was like yeah classic pendulum but yeah just classic pendulum it's a, it's a great EP but yeah that's not like my favorite right compared like to immersion or uh, audio color now do you believe that sometimes when these artists hit like a hit hit like a hit album that's like one of the best do you believe that they that they cannot go above that anymore? Like that's just as far as they could go, and that's our threshold. Like if you do mm. another project, and you didn't and you didn't measure up to immersion style, that it, it you let us down. Do you feel like that? Mm, I don't think like they can they can surprise us anymore. Actually, mm. maybe they will uh, do something like even better than immersion. We don't know. Mm. But uh, yeah, I feel like immersion is like a very high threshold. I mean, it's pendulum. I, I'm sure they can like surpass that threshold and do something like even greater or better, or, like whatever you can say. So basically, like just like you say, like you know, when you hear the EP, you were expect were you expecting it to be like immersion high level, or you were you expecting it like oh okay cool, let's see how good no. it is. No, no, I, I didn't expect like to be like immersion level. To be honest, it's like the the first EP they uh, released after the big hiatus. So no, I wasn't like speaking like something that big. Mm. Maybe show that uh, there's they 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 they're back, just right. like just they're back, releasing like a couple songs, and yeah, just saying yeah, okay, we we're here, but uh, we're gonna maybe do like one more album. Let's. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, like some tracks of the APs are, are like uh, leftovers from immersion or stuff like that. Maybe not, really? but I, I'm, maybe an, I don't a, know. That's an interesting take. Do uh, you want to elaborate a little bit more about that? Because I got something to say, but go for it. Because um, I know that uh, some, like, uh, not saying like, especially in dubstep, but right. I know that some rock bands. Mm-hmm. Are releasing songs 
like 20 years after they were composed. That's something that's not in, unusual. So I'm I'm thinking uh, maybe that's uh, that's one possibility that uh, Pendulum right. like released songs that were made during emission, but didn't make the cut for the album. So maybe like Rob reopened the project again. It was like oh, maybe we can do something with that. Or I mean that that that's uh, something uh, that happens uh, a lot actually. Like I know in dubstep as well actually. Uh, some producers releases uh, songs uh, maybe two or three years after they were made. Mm. I know that some of my friends uh, release songs like yeah, two or three years after they they, they were actually uh, made or started. Like yeah. maybe not in the film version, but like they they had the idea like started working on it like two or three years prior to the the release. And it's and I'm happy that you're actually talking about this because. People actually don't realize that that when when some of these artists actually release a song, to them it's like, oh my god, this song was got released. This is dope. What they don't realize is that that song has been working for a year or two, yeah, or something like. And I, and I'm pretty sure, like like any other song, it will have like multiple versions. Like the and it, the, the the final version of it well, is not the first um, version of it. It had like. Like 20 other versions until the label or the management says like, yeah, this is okay. Let's just, you know, go for it, you know? Yeah. Even like for the producer, like uh, I know that me, I have some songs that are still unreleased. Yeah. And like, if you look at the folder of uh, of my project, you can see like a list <laughs> like that of just project like doing different versions yeah. until I'm happy with it. And I'm still not happy with that track actually. So, uh, yeah, th I mean, that's like my way of working, but like, uh, uh, that's a common thing that you start something and you do like multiple versions until you're happy with the, the song. I agree with you. Like, same thing. Like, if you see my folder, you'll see like version 27. And then after version 27, <laughs> you'll see final version, final version, final V2, <laughs> v2. Yeah. final V222. Final new mix, new arrangements. Yeah, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but well, people don't realize, and re people assume that we're just like blind. This is how it is, and that's it. Like, no, like, not the first version is not always the first version. You know, like I have songs that initially, like, one of my songs that got released on dubset.net had like at le at least at least fifteen versions before I say final version, and once the final version <laughs> hit it, it had like at least a good seven or six final versions of it. Yeah. And then that's producer struggles. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and as us producers, we're never finished. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're never like, because every time we put it out, there's always something that we're like, oh, damn it. I wish I could have changed that. Oh, man, I <laughs> yeah, missed uh, that. I know that I, I would have done it like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, something's wrong with the mix. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the the frequency is clashing. I can hear yeah. it. And people yeah. are like, what are you talking about? Sounds good. It's like, no, but I hear it. It's bad. <laughs> it's like right there. It's Yeah. Tiny little detail. Yeah. I can hear that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> now, how often do you actually come, come across that? Like, how often do you actually say, okay, that's it. I finished the song. No more. No more. Ah, actually, I'm a, I'm a very, um, uh, observer, like not, um, ah, sh 
I don't have the word for it. Perfectionist? But like, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's the word I was searching for. I'm not releasing a song until I'm sure like there's nothing more I can do. Or if I'm like um, frequency stuff or mixing stuff, I, 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 that's where I, that's the point. I know that I'm like overdoing stuff. Right. And that's uh, actually uh, good uh, that uh, I'm in a group of friends that know how um, my track sounds like. Yeah. Usually. And they're like, no, bro, you're, you're just overthinking stuff. Just stop. Your, your track is done. You're, you're good with it. And you're like, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just overdoing stuff. And yeah, the, the song is actually done. But yeah, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And I actually love um, going into like tiny little details mm. into the track. Maybe if I'm just the one that here's uh, the, the, the details, but I feel like um, even if people don't really uh, hear them, uh, that's part of the feeling of the track. Like if that tiny little detail uh, weren't there, it's not going to be the same. Mm. Like would totally change my vision of the track. I mean, like, oh, I feel the track and stuff like that. Right. Maybe people don't uh, see that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, that's something I'm uh, maybe overdoing. <laughs> and, and, and say, like, once you actually get it done, like, what do you think is, like, your process? Like, how long does it take you to say, like, I'm dumb? Does it take you, like, a month? Does it take you six months, a year? Like, when, um, when do you believe that it's, like, all right, done? That's it. Actually, yeah, that's not, like, the... Uh, it's it's it uh, that doesn't happen every time. Like mm-hmm. uh, I have some songs that I've released that I've made like in one afternoon. Oh, that like a one afternoon and oh, that's that's done. Like the the song is done. I, I was feeling really inspired and yeah, the the song just done. And sometimes uh, I just working on a track like for one year because because uh, just because I'm not really happy with uh, with the song and I'm just like. Maybe just just because um, I was doing something like uh, working on a sound, particular sound or particular mix mm-hmm. or some tracks, and like maybe overdoing stuff, and then the the, the next day listening back to, to it again, I was like, ah, I should have done it like that, or uh, that's not better than the last version. So going back to the mix and doing something different. Sending feedbacks, uh, sending a track to friends to for feedbacks, and they're like, "Nah, it would be better like that." So yeah, sometimes it can take longer to finish a song. Sometimes it could be an afternoon, but the time when uh, I think the track is finished, mm-hmm. it's when I'm starting to like the the song. Like it's just a finished product. Like you have everything in it, background stuff. Everything is done. I think it's finished when. Um, I'm just thinking maybe I could change that sound too or just like moving a tiny bit of automation stuff like just doing that on the grid nah that stuff that's just useless the track is done just stop working on it and yeah just let the the track uh, be like uh, it is now let me ask you something like when you're in that situation like you know that when you started like making a song at that point, you know, and, and you got inspired because of X, Y reasons, like you heard this song and now 
you got inspired. Now you're making and da, 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 depending on how what the time frame is. Um, do you is there times in which you feel like then I should have released the song already because now it feels outdated? Yeah, I actually have uh, some unreleased tracks mm. that I wish I was uh, releasing. Uh, I could have released uh, sorry uh, earlier. Yeah, because now when I listen back to them. Um, Maybe to like uh, an audience is that won't be uh, outdated, but when I listen back to it, um, that's uh, I, I was like using old ways of producing. Like I know that uh, I could have done that stuff much better since I learned new production techniques or stuff like that. So I'm maybe like uh, feeling outdated because mm. just because the way I used to work. Because like the track is like two years old or maybe something like that. Yeah. But maybe to someone else it would sound good. Just the way I see it, I'm not happy with the track anymore. So I'd, yeah, it happens that I have unreleased music that maybe we never see the the light the, of the day. Yeah. I and I hate when that happens too because I have it. it I had my whole career was based on that because um, the reason why I say it is because at, at when I was starting up. They were telling me, it's like, you know, you want to get released at, you know, these labels like Disciple, Never Say Die, Cyclops, like Cannibal, like all these labels, you know, give them that music catalog. That's what they told me mm. back then. Make a music catalog. Don't just send them one song. Send them like three songs or send them like like one song and they say, if you guys want to hear more, you have at mm. least a catalog, like 10 songs or something like that. 20. I was very, it was very hard for me because, hey, I'm not a, I'm not a musician. So it takes me a while to, for me to get the right keys for certain songs and get the right notes and the right melodies for it. So to make sure that it's like, okay, do. Second, um, I'm, uh, I work on the weekends all the time. Back then, I worked, I used to work on the 12-hour shifts. And by the time it was like my weekend, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I tried to make music, but it was just like, I'm so exhausted, too tired. I just like blown away. And I just like, all right, I'll just make a few, a few and that's it. But by the time I'm done, I've only made like five songs. And by that time, those five songs are already like feeling a little bit outdated. And it's like, damn, should I really release these songs? Yeah. To to the, should I send them over to these labels? Do they want it? It's like, nah, it's like I, I had that same situation, man. And I learned from it. And today I will say to people like, hey, just release songs. Just release yeah. them. Don't. If you feel like a song is not going to get picked up by a label or you feel like it, like you don't want to waste time with this song, like that's the perfect, perfect way. If you feel that you have a song that you don't want to waste time with it and you really want to release it because it's perfect for the moment right now and you feel like it's not going to be aging well if I release it later, release it right now. That's the best way to do it. And send it over to, to, to artists, to other artists. Like, Give them a, a nice email or DM them. Be a nice person and say, hey, how you doing? Would like to have a feedback from you. If they fuck with it, they'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah, we'll play it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, or even raise it. Like uh, you did not, maybe did not expect like that such a label could uh, release that uh, that track. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, do you have that problem, that situation problem when it comes to, you know, trying to get a certain amount of music catalyst so you can release it at, at labels or you feel like that and never you never had an issue from that like uh releasing tr like sending tracks to labels that's yeah what you said? yeah 
Like, do you have a, the same issue in which is like, oh, like I have this music catalog, but I feel a little bit outdated. Should I revamp it or should, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I only send tracks to labels that I feel confident with that mm-hmm. uh, uh, keep up with like the, 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 the trends that are going or like uh, in terms of um, mixing or just like the, the sounds that everybody is uh, using, like the the trend, just the trend that, that is going. So yeah, I'm just sending tracks to labels to uh, where well, I'm confident with uh, the sound design and I know that it could have potential to, to be released. Okay. What's your experience when it comes to sending these devil submissions, man? And like, what do you feel about it? Like, have how much often have you got any of these rejections per se? Uh, I mean, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got a lot of re- uh, rejections, but I'm okay with that because mm. you just uh, maybe you you didn't target like the the right label for it, or um, even if a label uh, doesn't want your song. That doesn't mean uh, your fans will dislike the song. So why not free uh, like pull it as a free download or just like release uh, like a, um, a self release like on your SoundCloud or your Spotify uh, and your Spotify or stuff like that. So I don't like. Um, I mean, being rejected by a label could could feel like uh, as a failure, but uh, in reality, it's not because maybe like the they they like the song, but. It doesn't really feel like the the labels needs, or like the the the, the trends they are um, releasing the songs. I mean, like the the songs the, that the label release right now. Like your track doesn't feel with the rest of the catalog. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just why they won't release it. So just try. Um, I mean, I, I would try either um, another label or like just self release the song. That's actually pretty good, man. And I'm I'm happy that you're saying that because a lot of people who 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 are up and comers don't really get that you know like they think that oh my god a label rejects me that means I suck that means yeah. my music is not good and I I'm not ashamed I used to think like that back then but now I feel like I don't give a shit <laughs> like I'll just release my song and that's it I'm happy you know if you like it you like yeah. it if you don't you don't that's fine. But I can feel like the setup rejects it. But people need to understand something. It's like, you know, it's probably wasn't meant for them. It could be meant for somewhere else. And if nobody likes it, then just like set, give a preview. If you see the reaction for, for the fans and the fans love it, just release the whole thing. And it's all going to mm-hmm. be on you. And people will look for it. People will find it, you know. Mm-hmm. It, needs to, it needs to be said because uh, people don't talk about this. They feel like it's a shameful thing to say. And it's like, there's nothing to be ashamed about it. Mm-hmm. We'll get rejections. Hell, shit. I still get rejected today's world. Like from yeah. either from either labels or from artists who doesn't want to come over to my shows. Like I get that shit all the time. It's like, that's not going to discourage me for not continuing on and looking for more artists to come over to my show. Like, no, I'm fa- in, in fact, I'm going to look for even more. I'm going to go every nook and corner out of it and tell them, hey, come over to the show. Yeah, sure. That's like one, um, maybe one point where uh, like getting rejected by labels maybe uh, can be like uh, a way of being inspired like to to do better. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like if you feel uh, that being rejected uh, by labels because your music is you think your music is too bad 
then work for it. Like mm -hmm. just work on your sound design, work on your mixing. If you feel like that's where you 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 like something, yeah, yeah, just just work on your production. Yeah, try to do something better, and you need to do that every time. Actually, mm -hmm. like to to like to do better that you that uh, than your last release. And also, I, I wanted to add that uh, it's not because your song is um, a song is released on a label that everybody will like it. So maybe uh, once a release can do better than a track that you released on a label. Mm. That's actually... It, I mean... Yeah. It, it actually happens to me. Like, I don't have, like, a, a track name in uh, in my head, but I have uh, some tracks that did better on self-release than uh, re getting released on labels. So... I agree, man. Um... I did have I I had a lot of self releases and on the self releases you can see the numbers It's like wow like I ha I I've done way better than the than this other label this other label that would have you know would have accepted it you know it's like and I'm proud of it like but it, now we're talking about it in the sense like you're very realistic like you know that your music is good and you know it's not garbage because there's a lot of times in which up and comers you know send them. That what they believe is like, oh, my song is the shit. You know, my song is amazing. Like it's hot. It's gonna be as gonna be number one and shit. And 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 when you listen to it, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's why you need uh, producer friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you you. I mean, I I won't release a song without sending the track to friends. Mm -hmm. But. Friends that are like uh, very realistic about feedbacks and not yes. like just saying, "Oh, yo, it's your cool. song is a shit, bro." Yeah. yeah, it's good, it's good. No, no, uh, my friends are like giving me uh, real yeah, feedback thanks. and like, no, j bro, don't do that. Like, it's fucking shit. Like, change yeah. that. Yeah. The, you need you need friends like that, and that's how uh, you uh, improve yourself. I agree, man. I agree that in, when it comes to this industry, when basically like you see a lot of cutthroats around it, you always need friends you know, that are working for the same goal, that can help each other out, that help you help them, help everyone else grow together, you know? Like, we're all mm -hmm. in this together as a community, man. And, you know, like, like you said, like, you send it over, oh, man, like, it's, I like it, but you need to change the low frequency of this, you need to work on the mids on this, check on this build, this, that, that, that. The idea is right there, but mm -hmm. you need to work on this. Mm -hmm. Definitely, because... If not, then you would have just assumed that it's like, oh, it's good. And that's it, you know, and that's where yeah. everything goes bad, you know, and I feel like that's what we need a lot more. We need to have a more communities and you know, having community like the French community that you have with your friends, with your producer friends. That's amazing. That's admirable, man. And we need more stuff like that everywhere, you know, because um, I hate when there's like a lot of people that they, they look at this as a competition. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, and then they they look at you as you know like they they've been here for a while, and then all of a sudden you came along and you're trying to sound bigger than that, and they were like, oh no, fuck this guy, you know, and I'll I'll do better, like, and then start spraying rumors, and then start being you know telling like, oh, don't work with this guy, even though you've never met him, mm -hmm. and then bad shit happens, you know, like it, I see this. I don't know how it is in your end, but in Miami, it's just horrible, man. It's horrible when I see this type yeah. of bullcrap, you know. And I can't, I, and I cannot believe that we're experiencing this. That's 
that's wild to me. Like, because the industry, as little as it as it looks, it's actually big. And there's literally room enough for everybody to eat. Everybody can work. Everybody can pitch in. But they feel like, oh no, we're, I'm taking your spot. It's like, if you feel like that, then maybe you're just being insecure. Maybe it's because yeah. you're not doing well and that's why you're failing. That's why if you feel like that, huh? We actually like rented a, a villa, uh, not like a big ass mansion, but right. <laughs> we, we, we rented a villa with like most of the, all the French uh, producers. Oh. Uh, so just like to, for a weekend and uh, there was like uh, ivory, uh, graphite, um, oh, I forgot Graphire is French. No, yeah, yeah. So, lots of friends, the sausages, uh, yeah. Danny, Dr. Oshu, um, uh, The Freaks, which, uh, which is a great uh, French producer as well. Uh, I'm, I'm missing names, but we, we're like a group of 15, 20 produ French producers. And we just like do some stuff like just drink and have a good time with everyone yeah. talking about um, oops, uh, talking about uh, production techniques and yeah just vibing with each other we uh, we had like on, <laughs> we had on the kitchen there was like um, something in the kitchen uh, right. like, a, like a bar or something okay we put like the laptop in uh, like a little DJ controller and actually uh I don't know if you saw it on your uh, Twitter feed, but... Uh, I'm there, starting uh, to think like I've seen this on Instagram on a story for either Samplify or Ivor or somebody. Yeah, there, there was one of these there guys. Was, yeah, there was like too many guys DJing and everybody was taking turns on a... on a Like you mentioned, you mentioned kitchen on a table and DJ controller. And I was like, hold on. I feel like I've, I've heard yeah, this or actually, seen this. Actually, like... Actually, like, I've already posted a tweet, uh, like one video of that, and uh, it, it's actually quite quite big. Um, it got uh, a bit viral because the thing we were doing actually was like the we that the double drop uh, roulette, Russian roulette. What? So, yeah. So let me explain to you. So actually, we got like a laptop with like a playlist of lot of songs, lot yeah. of tracks, and we don't know uh, the playlist of each other. So the thing we were doing is like doing uh, picking a track play it and then double drop it double drop it uh with another song that you don't really know and what? you just see if the double drop works you won but if you didn't <laughs> take a shot of uh a drink or something like that oh. so we were we were doing like pretty much all the weekend <laughs> that <was super> fun. <laughs> So sometimes you find songs that like go really well with each other. So that's that's why you maybe saw like uh, Instagram stories where uh, someone double drops something and yeah. everyone around him was like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> so that's why we were like really happy when someone um, double dropped two tracks that he didn't know and that works. And <laughs> we were like, oh, "Woo!" When <laughs> someone double dropped a track that. Two tracks that we're going right. with each other, and then, yeah. So that that's one of the game we're doing like together, like for the the in the villa, like for the whole weekend. It's yeah, it's, it's I mean, we all producers, we all uh, releases on labels, some not, but like we don't care. Like we just friend with each other. We having a good time together. We 
speaking, we're talking about uh, each other production techniques and way we're just sharing uh, knowledge right. like together we're we're not like having a competition and like i know that uh for example i know um some bigger artists that were there like uh like simplifier or ivory mm-hmm. um you know i have like fifty uh, thousands of followers but yeah. uh, stuff like but that doesn't stop them to be like Um, who they are yeah actually yeah they're they're real people like us and they want us to um, to be able to to do great in in our career like they are giving us uh, tips to like do stuff better like could be like just music or uh, even how to handle all social medias uh, how to speak uh, with uh, labels and what to do in what not to do mm-hmm. or stuff like that. We, we, yeah, just to say, basically, all the French producers, producers share uh, their own knowledge, and yeah, there's n- no real competition between us. So that's like, yeah, one great thing of uh, the French dubstep community. That's pretty cool, man. I love hearing that, man. Especially that story, man. That just brings me a lot of joy. Because you know you got you guys are do you guys are having fun, you guys are are doing something that you all love. You're passionate about it, and yeah. you're sharing it. And and like you say, like having the those big guys like Sampafire and Ivory and those guys in it with you guys, they're very humble. They know where they came from, the roots, and they want to you know help you know the, the the below them to to grow together. You know that's very admirable. Not very. And a lot of artists who are established don't do that often. You don't see that very often, you know. Yeah. And talking about them, man, that's pretty cool, man. I love hearing. To, I love hearing stories like that, man, because it just gives me. It inspires me to like, man, like I can't wait for you know to start going around with these communities and just kick it with these guys and then create my own community, having everybody welcome, just like. Everybody, like, everybody's welcome to this show, man. Like, it don't matter how big or how small you are. Like, everybody's welcome. Like, hey, the other day, I just interviewed somebody from Spain. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, it, it was very trouble for him to speak in English. So I just like, hey, fuck it. Let's just, let's just do the interview in Spanish to make him feel welcome. I do that on everybody. I want to make sure everybody's welcome here, man. And I don't mm-hmm. care how big or how small, man. You got the talent. You're, you're, you're. You're doing this for the right reasons. You're passionate about it. Like, let's have a conversation, man. Sit down and come yeah. and let's talk about this, man. Because I don't know. I just I just love this, man. I love I love this and I love talking to people. I love how they where they come up and and in, and it's amazing how some of the stories and experiences are very similar to mine and similar to others. It just shows you, like you know, we're all came from the same boat, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's one of the things that's uh really cool about it because when um i uh when i met like another french dubstep producer that i don't know mm. like uh that's like the first time meeting there's like uh 90% i'm 90% sure that it's going to be my friend because like we're sharing the same thing like the passion of dubstep like we 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 know that it's something like very niche Like I said earlier, like in in, yeah. in France, so 
why be uh, enemies? Like just right. We just need to to share the same thing, the same passion. We have the same. Uh, we we like all have a pretty big uh, smile on our face when we hear dubstepping clubs. Yeah. <laughs> so you, we don't need to be enemies. Like that's mm -hmm. thing that's completely useless. I agree. I agree, man. I could have not said it any better than you, man. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like you said, you said it, man. Why be enemies, man? Why the competition? We we can do this together, man. There's room for everybody. Everybody can yeah. eat, you know. But I don't know, man. Like, I I'm at least at least I'm trying to change the narrative, one person at a time or one community at a time. Um, because the reason I, I started off with this podcast show is because I noticed that a lot of people commit a lot of mistakes throughout their experience or career during the music industry. M the majority of them, the mistakes that they commit, it's because they weren't aware of it. Like they didn't know, oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. They're honest mistakes. Honest. Let's put it there. Honest mistakes that could have been avoided, could have been avoidable. If someone will come over and tell you, hey, man, like, be careful by doing this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do this, do that. And, you know, and I noticed that a lot for people like people don't really realize that and people don't and commit the same mistakes over and over. I'm just like, dude, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing this, bro. Like, why do we have to com come? Why do we have to see this? Why is it this a norm? Like, this shouldn't be a norm. This shouldn't no. be normal. No, there should be somebody out there like bigger, established, whatever to guide them. You know, there should be somebody out there because, hey, like shit, like I wish there was somebody who would have told me, like, don't be a promoter. Just stick be a producer from the start before I became a promoter. I could have mm -hmm. just stopped being a promoter and focus on my music and probably my music would have gotten much more longer than, it than what it is right now. I wish somebody would have told me that early on but nobody did i was trying to find this out by myself I was, i was trying to to put my name out there to get something you know but and now i now i still see i still see the same things and i'm like nah bro like somebody's gotta say stop bro like come on we cannot <laughs> let this shit happen over and over and this is why i started the show because i want to talk about these certain narratives talk about some of the stuff that we normally cannot talk about it or We don't talk about it because we are, we don't have anybody to talk about it. So like, let me be the voice, you know, let everybody know. It's like, hey, guys, just be careful when you're doing this. Maybe it's unavoidable for you guys. But when you do, but if you do get it, at least, you know, at least, you know what to do next. You don't just sit around. It's like, oh, man, this sucks. like, no, no, no. You just like, <laughs> you know what? It happened. Now I know what I got to do next. Blah, 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 blah. At least let me be the voice of reason, you know, give people the next generation, uh, you know, guidance. Yeah. Let them know, like, hey, guys, I'm here for you guys. You know, my favorite, my favorite quote, a wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. True. I'm, I'm trying to be the wiser man in all this I, as much as possible, because Throughout my career, I learned a lot of I learned a lot of things that has happened not just only to me but my friends all around, even even established friends that I seen that that they getting get screwed over for certain things. I seen that and they were telling and they tell me these stories. I'm like, 
damn, then you're right. We could have just like avoided that by doing this, this, and that. I want my audience, my followers, my viewers to be wiser men than me. <laughs> because I want them to know these stories, these experiences. And when I sit down and talk to artists like you and like Danny and others, big and small, medium, it don't matter. Sit down and have a conversation so we could talk about this and you may learn something new. I may learn something new, vice versa. We all learning this together and somebody from the audience might actually learn something from, from based of what we're talking about. And they'll be like, oh shit. So all he did was just this, this and that. It's like, damn. All right. So now I can do this. I could definitely do this. I don't have to think about this, this and that. I don't have to do be the promoter and they selling me the dream that, yeah, you're going to be playing with Skrillets and shit like that. Like, no, 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 no. You got to avoid that shit. You could just do this and that. And then hence the, the whole show started, man. And now I continue <laughs> on, man. This is my whole life right now. And that's another thing what I, what I like about it. You know, I just like talking to people and hearing their experience and hopefully somebody who's listening to us can learn something from it. If I can change one man, one man or one woman, if I could teach somebody today and help them in some way or shape or form, that's already fulfilling for me. Yeah. And same. That's like me when, even if I just have like one listen of on, on, on one of my tracks, if that guy liked it, then that's cool for me. Like, yeah, someone liked my music, even if it's just one person, mm -hmm. like let's, let's fucking go. That's yeah. That's one of my, uh, my thing as well. And I love it. I love it, man. I love having the fact that, you know, if, if it only takes one person and that one person becomes 10, that 10 becomes 100 and then 100 becomes a thousand and so on and so on. You just need to change one person and it will spread out. Everything's going to make sense afterwards, man. Exactly. That's what I love about it, man. That's what I love <laughs> about it. <laughs> now, um, let me ask you about certain, this certain topic because I'm... Not many people talk about this topic very often. And I, sh I feel like it shouldn't be like that. I feel like people should be very open about it. I'm very open. And I talk about it in my show um, about mental health. What are your thoughts around it? And have you ever experienced something that you feel like you're being mentally fatigued or exhausted on certain topics or certain things? Like, have you ever experienced it? Like, t tell me something about it. Yeah, totally. Because... Uh Last year, um, like the, the first song I've released, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like uh, when just right after the COVID started, like uh, yeah. it was like in April 2020. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was like my uh, Zombie Hunter uh, remix. Oh. Uh, I didn't open, I mean, that much uh, Ableton for like two years before. Because mm. I was... Uh, struggling, struggling with um, my music actually. Mm. Um, it it was one of those times where uh, every time I did something on my uh, my software, I was like, "No, that's just complete shit." Like I, every I, I I had some days where like I'm, I was closing uh, Ableton like thirty seconds right after I opened it because I was like not motivated and. Yeah, I'm not going into details, but like, yeah, that was like a pretty shitty um, mm -hmm. uh, moment of my life, like uh, Montales uh, wise. Okay. So yeah, I I feel like 
I'm meeting a bunch of friends helped uh, help, uh, helped uh, a lot to uh, to to came over my struggling's right because I, I, I was like feeling really depressed mm -hmm. and like I felt like um I couldn't do better with my music I was like doing the same stuff over and over I could I couldn't um improve um my techniques or if I was training something that I didn't usually do I was like mm -hmm. directly being oh no that sounds like uh, this don't, don't sound like doesn't that good so I was just like in a loop of doing the same stuff over and over okay and that's where uh, the depressed I'm, I'm not really uh, I wasn't really depressed because that, uh, that I wasn't diag diagnos uh, diagnosed 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I wasn't diag diagnosed depressed because I didn't see a doctor or stuff like that but yeah I was feeling feeling shitty. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I was just like in a loop of my music. I think my music is bad. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling bad. So my music is gonna sound bad. So I'm feeling bad and stuff like that over and over and over and over. Mm. Until one point where uh I just like, okay, I need to do something. I need to overcome um that shitty uh feeling. Right. And that's when I've made uh the remix of uh, zombie hunter and yeah i was pretty really happy about it and everything uh got better since tight point because i saw that uh people uh, liked what i've did so it was like a really big um, boost in uh, my ego and confidence in myself and that's where like everything got uh, a bit better that's actually pretty good man thank you for sharing that story man um yeah no problem i can relate to you with that man because um i have i have i i've like like you i was never diagnosed but i knew i was feeling depressed in my life you know especially um i think the hardest time was when i was trying to come up as a producer you know because like, I, like I, I told you before, I used to work a 12-hour shift every weekend, first day through Sunday. And those 12 hours, uh, I, I, I'm a life sound engineer. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm one of the guys that handles the booth, the, the visuals, the LEDs, the speakers, like, trust, everything. I build a stage and shit. My job was every weekend. Every weekend is my job. Which is like, it's not bad because, you know, that's what DJs do. It's on the weekends. But... It was getting conflicted with me being a DJ, mm. me, me trying to tour. I remember when I was trying, uh, I was doing the tour with Nitty Gritty. I became his driver and I tour around Florida, like in this section of, uh, of the U.S. And I was so happy, man, because I got excited. You know, it's like things are moving forward. But then, you know, my job was telling me it's like, hey, like it's either us or them. And they were starting now. So it's like, holy crap. I like I can't lose my job because. Like, I need to pay my bills, my rent, my car, like, a lot of things. My student debt, I got student debt that I still mm. have it to this day. And that made me upset. And then not only that, you know, my career as a musician wasn't going well either. I was struggling very hard. I was living in a very shitty apartment when I get, you know, AC gets broken all the time. So I'm mm. always hot. Um, I had rats 
entering my apartment, even though my apartment is clean. You know, everything is clean. There's no food or anything. And they come in regardless because apparently my apartment at the time, there was like a sewer down beneath. So they were sneaking in. Oh, okay. So it's like I get rats all the time. I'm just like pissed off all the time. You know, I'm pissed off. I'm like, I live in a shitty apartment. Uh, Landlords doesn't do anything. It's just like, I'm just talking nonsense. Um, I cannot put loud music because the neighbors complain. Um, I cannot do anything. I didn't see my family. I was living by myself. I didn't have anything. I was very upset, very depressed all around. And I decided, like, the when I started to notice, like, how my life sucks. Well, I mean, you gotta, you, you, you had to see my fridge. Like, you only see, like, bologna, bread, and mayo. And that's, that's my food. <laughs> that's how, that's how bad it was. But when I started to notice that, I, I started, to do stuff that makes me happy. Hobbies. I started doing a lot of hobbies. I stopped doing production. I let me pause this for a moment. And when I started doing um, hobbies, it started to fulfill me. You know, hanging with my family, my friends, um, playing sports, surfing, um, skateboarding, playing video games. Stuff like stuff that makes me happy, man. And when I, and as soon as I started being much more happy, things for somehow started to turn around a little bit. I moved yeah. out. I quit my job and had a better. Uh, now I have a better job. I'm meeting a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. They're becoming friends of mine. I'm talking to people. I stopped music altogether. I stopped. I became on a hiatus because it wasn't making me feel happy because I felt it, I was being pressured all the time like i need to sound like this and mm. my level has to sound like this i wasn't getting the result i get frustrated so i paused that ironically that's when COVID happened <laughs> and then a few months later i just me and my cousin were talking he's like why don't you start your own podcast show i'm like man like i don't have a co-host i would like to do this with a co-host you know and he's like Dude, just grab the mic and talk. Just talk. <laughs> Dude, you talk for hours. Just You can be detailed by just yourself. You can dedicate an entire hour just by you, and it's still good information. I'm like, okay. And then the rest is history. My Here man. you are. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am, man. And I'm still doing all my happy things, and I'm engaged, and I'm... Oh, nice. You know, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say that for the fiance because she he listens to my show too. So, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, babe. I love you. Te, te quiero, te amo. Ya tu sabes. You know, but got to say, I got to say that. Got to please her. You know? <laughs> um, I'm doing a lot of happy things and I'm back up making music again. And now I'm making much, I'm making music that makes me even happier. Now I am, there's, I'm so proud of them because they're the most original shit I've ever done in my life. No presets or anything. Everything was done to the teeth. Everything. If it wasn't for my friends, um, most of with their sample packs that they were sending me over or splice, and then me learning um how to sound design, resampling all the stuff. If it, it felt like like wow, I discovered a whole new world. Like why the hell people are still using presets? This is the <laughs> best way to do shit. Like. Wow. <laughs> I mean, look where we are right now. And it's just very grateful. Very grateful. And no regrets because I believe 
everything happens for a reason, you know. The stuff that happens is because it le- it needed me to learn that experience. It wanted me to feel it so that way I can talk about it and let the whole world know what it is and what it's like, you know. I talk about this a lot. And I ask a lot of artists whenever we get a chance about mental health because it's important because you never know when somebody's going through. I mean, look at what happened to Ayo, man. Yeah. Recipes to Garrett Lockhart, man. That guy was a sweetheart, man. When I met that guy, he was a complete sweetheart. The guy was amazing. He was very humble. And 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 you never knew that he was just like very fighting his demons. Mm-hmm. You never knew because when you talked to him, he was just so energetic and so happy. But apparently it was just all uh, a facade. Happens a lot, sadly. That's why, you know, once in a while, it's always good to check up on, on your people. You know, let them know. It's like, hey, you doing okay? Gucci, man. That's good to know, man. That's good, bro. Keep keep yeah. at it, man. Keep at it. Hey, what do you need? I'm here, you know? Mm-hmm. Give me a call. Give me a text or whatever, you know? I'm here. That's what that's what that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about, man. Now, let's shift the gears a little bit so, so we don't be a little bit more depressed with this topic because I know it's very <laughs> deep. <laughs> but I do want to talk to you about your creative process when it comes for you to start your own project sessions. Like, what is it that you start in all this? What like do you start from the intro, then work everything up? You start from the drops, you start from the drums, just sound design, like what? What is your creative process? Um, most of the times I uh, start with a drop because I feel like that's like the 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 main part of the song. Okay. Like the the peak time of uh, the, the, the world track. So yeah. Um, and also like the, the thing like most people are um, checking like when they're listening to the song, they're more like uh, interested by the drop rather than the intro, sadly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm starting with the drop when I have an idea, like just like a basic rhythm or like a basic sound in my head. I try to to replicate the idea to uh, on my uh, DOW or in that case Ableton. But that's not like every time. Like sometimes I could have an idea for like an intro or something, or just have a melody uh, or just like basic chord progression in my head. So I start with that, and then I do the the drop later. But I, I find it easier to like to start with the drop, and when uh, I feel like the drop have uh, a certain vibe, I can do an intro uh, going with that same vibe. I feel like that's a lot easier for me, rather than starting by the, uh, uh, with an intro and right. then uh, doing a drop. And and what about when you're doing collabs? You know, like when you're doing collaborations, like who goes first, and and how do you tackle whatever? They sent you back their version. Uh, it really depends with uh, the producer I'm collabing with, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm more of a guy uh, that likes to um, make the other guy pr- uh, collabing um, feel uh, home. Okay. In, in certain way, like if someone uh, I'm collabing with is. Um, let's say, uh, a FL Studio user, I'm more like, hey, okay, um, I was an FL Studio user before uh, switching to Ableton. Okay. So if you want, either you send me stems or you can send the, the project of uh, FL Studio and I'm working on FL Studio. That's what actually happens when, um, with, uh, when I collab uh, with uh, Ivory because okay. he's a FL Studio user and I'm, 
on Ableton. And we, we felt that it was like easier to, um, work. Um, I mean, like if I'd work directly on the project, then, uh, rather Ivory sending me directly stems. Um, yeah, just, just like I l like to, to make them feel like they're, uh, at home and comfortable with, uh, working with someone else rather than, directly working with stems or stuff like that. Um, but yes, yeah, some, sometimes when, uh, I feel like it needs to, I like to lead right. the, the project like, okay, you, maybe you could do that or, uh, I could do the, the mixing if you want or just stuff like that. But yeah, it really depends with, uh, who I'm working with. Okay. Now in the situation where it comes to writer's block, do you actually believe in writer's block? Like, do you actually get in as like you're stuck or you don't believe in that? No, I, I truly do believe in writer's block. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I, I, to be honest with you, like, uh, I did work on something like, uh, last night, mm -hmm. but that was like the first thing I did in like, uh, in a week or two. Okay. Cause I just didn't have any ideas. Or just like um, they don't feel like producing. Just, but sometimes it's great to to take uh, breaks because even if if it's not writer's block. Um, uh, currently, I'm um, I'm working on an EP, mm -hmm. and I like did three or four tracks in. I mean, not not finishing, but uh, started like working on three or four tracks in like a week. I was like super inspired, so I work on those and. There come the there was a moment I was like I don't know what I should do next on the on those songs like you know uh, I I don't feel like working on on those uh, right now so instead of um, forcing myself to to work on those I prefer um, taking a break like do other stuff like playing video games or hanging out outside with my friends or not not too much because of COVID but. <laughs> Um, like playing video games or just like taking a walk, uh, be with my family, uh, just doing other stuff than producing. I feel like it helps uh, a lot with um, getting inspired. And that's how uh, I could get uh, new ideas or just listening to other music as well. Like uh, if I feel like I got, I'm getting blocked by uh, something or like not feeling inspired, I try to go SoundCloud, checking new tracks, mm -hmm. friend tracks, um, and just trying to see if I can get uh, a new idea. Watching tutorials as well is like a good uh, good way to to cope with uh, Water's Block because you can like discover a new um, technique mm -hmm. that you didn't really uh, right. used to to do, and that's how uh, I can uh, yeah I feel get uh, inspired like discovering a new way of to make uh, a certain bass or something like that and suddenly i'm like trying new stuff on ableton and i'm, I'm instantly feeling inspired to to do something else doing new basses or just uh, stuff like that now when it comes to sound designing like do you feel like as a producer do you feel like sound designing is a luxury or a necessity uh i feel like it's not necessary. Um, I mean, if you were just making music by yourself, like with no plans of making it your job or like trying to get somewhere, I feel like it's not a necessity. But if you want to uh, get um, like stand out amongst a lot of producers, you need to have 
uh, your uh, signature sound, so mm. you have to do your own sound design. Yeah. Now I ask this a lot to every producer out here because it's it's funny because everybody has a different answer. Most of them are all, most of them can coincide to say like, yeah, it is a necessity, but to a certain degree. Yeah. So I always want to hear the, everyone's experiences because obviously when you ask this question to a house producer, obviously the house producer is like, not really. It's, it, like for them, it, it's for them. All they need is just a sine wave and, and loops and that's it. That's their house yeah. track, you know, for, but for us as bass producers, we need to stand out from others. You know, we need to make sure that our sound doesn't sound like someone else who has already done it. You know, we need to shift the narrative of it, which is very hard. It's hard as it is, you know, because there's there's times in which you're trying to make a sound and you feel like, oh, man, I'm the only unique one. And then all of a sudden you hear a song. It's like, oh, shit, somebody did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like I'm, I'm hearing uh, Semperfire going on the, the the infamous. I love this song from him. Um, well, I love a lot of his songs. Uh, uh, Berserker, the one that sounds mm. very Viking. Oh, my God. That shit is amazing. It's like, holy shit. And in my head, it's like, Dan, I wish I could actually done that, too. I wish I could do some like a Viking drop. <laughs> but no, I can't anymore because that's Sepifier. That's his mm. his thing, you know? Yeah. Have you ever tried it or that Viking like drop? No, that's not my stuff. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, I like I like simplifier stuff. I, yeah. I do love his tracks, but yeah, that's not like something that's uh, a part of me. Like, I try to produce with uh, everything that mm. inspires me, like all, all around me. Right. And Viking stuff is not really my uh, type <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> I didn't know I needed it until I heard his music. I was just like, "Whoa, okay." Until after <laughs> I heard that song, it's like. Dude, for now on, I want you to do Viking stuff. For now, I just want you to do Viking stuff because holy crap, that was amazing. Berserker, <laughs> shit. Um, we're gonna wrap this up. We got like a few more questions, and we can end this, man. Um, yeah, sure. This this question is very important. Why is it that you choose the name Bizzo or Bizo? Bizo. Bizo. Um. Yeah, it's actually a fun story. Uh, back then, like when I was in, uh, wait, uh, for us French, it's college, but for you, it's high school, I guess. Okay. I was like, yeah, I was like 10 or uh, 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Uh, back then, uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was like a Windows Live Messenger or uh, MSN, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, so just like uh, IRC chat or something like that, if you if you want. Um, back then, uh, you had to choose a nickname. Right. And my uh, grandma used to call me Bezo. Uh, B-E-Z-O. B-E-Z-O. Yeah, Bezo. Like, like, like Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. <laughs> so that's like uh, a nickname that... Uh, my grandma used to to uh, to give me and okay so i tried to uh, uh, at first i put like that as a nickname and i, I thought like, like like as a young kid i went nah that's my what my grandma calls me yeah. i need something else and i just replaced the the e by a i mm. and suddenly for some reason like every one of my friends started to to call me Bizzle. Just like because that was my nickname on internet, right? 
And that's something that stuck to me like for years and years now. So that was like an evidence to, to choose that as a nickname for my, uh, for my music uh, project. That's actually pretty dope. I like that. What has been your greatest accomplishment? Ooh. Uh, as a musician, it could be music-wise, it could be ge- personal life, both general. Mm, uh, yeah, I mean, like my biggest accomplishment in, uh, in life are related to music. So, <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, like I uh, I got to uh, collab with uh, one of my favorite artists, so like mm-hmm. uh, Ivory. So that was like a big thing for me. And before that as well, um, I managed to get a release on uh, Disciple Roundtable. Uh, that was for like the Knights of uh, Reinforcements. Right. Oh, I, I've heard your music on, on the Roundtable. Mm, yeah, I, uh, it's called uh, Trouble. Yeah. It's on Reinforcement Volume 2. And that's like my first big uh, label release. I used, uh, I, I, I've already released on label before, but that's like right. like the... The, one of the biggest labels in the uh, in the dubstep community. Absolutely. So yeah, I was like, yeah. was like already uh, an accomplishment for me. And then my uh, I I'm, I've managed to get booked at uh, Rampage. Oh, yeah. Now we're so talking. It, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like the that was like uh, last summer for uh, the Rampage uh, opener. Uh, no, um, Rampage, uh, it was called Rampage Free Party. Okay. I think that one. Yeah, that was that one. So it wasn't like on the main stage. There was like, uh, like a second stage, like that's, smaller. That's a, hey, that doesn't matter. You got booked for Rampage. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I was, I was going to say. That's like, it's still Rampage. Yeah. And there was like uh, thousands of people in front Ooh. of me. So, and actually it was a back-to-back with uh, Dr. Ushu. Oh, with Danny <laughs> as well. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's like one of my biggest uh, accomplishments. And it's also like my second, it was my real second uh, DJ set. Like the, the, the first one I did was like in a private party sort of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, just so a few people are uh, around the house. But yeah, that was like the something pretty small compared to other events but yeah like wait you you could say that's like the my first real j set was like at rampage actually wow so yeah and uh i should have played the 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 rampage uh at uh, december uh-huh. like, it should have been like a start of the month but covid stuff so i'm I'm gonna play to the next one, like the the one happening in March. Wow, that's so, actually, yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. what, what is, well, how does it feel to actually play in Rampage? Like, <laughs> uh, at first you you're like, yo, what the, fuck? <laughs> and and then you just be on stage and you play your music and you see everybody vibing with uh, your your music and you're like. I've done cool. I've done something good with my career. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, hey, li- releasing on Roundtable, collabing yeah. with Ivory, those are pretty cool things to say, man. Yeah, and then uh, the 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 remix on the yeah, and, and the, uh, yeah, of course. Now, now you think like you know, disciples taking a look at you. Uh, 
Are they gonna have they ever contact you or ask you like, hey, send over music to us? Uh no, sadly. Oh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, uh let's actually, put it out there. Uh, let's put it out there. Let's, let's say, hey, disciple, check this guy out. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see maybe in the future. We don't know. But I yeah. like that. I like that, man. I like that. So what are you currently doing right now and what do you hope to accomplish by it? Um, like I said uh, earlier, I'm currently working on uh, uh, an, uh, an EP. Mm. So so just working on some songs right now. So maybe, um, yeah, let's try to release that on uh, Big Label. and Roundtable, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Hello, I'm Hello. here, guys. Hi. <laughs> He won your contest. Come on, guys. Give it a shot. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm what I'm trying to accomplish um, next is trying to just to get booked to shows. Like um, right. maybe try to make uh, my music project like as my main job. That's like a, a dream. So Dope. that would be really cool. Yeah. Dope. One last question and we can wrap this up, my man. Um, let's just say that you're walking down the streets of France. Mm -hmm. It's night. All of a sudden, a UFO comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it lands. Okay. It comes to you and they come out. Aliens pop in and they say, um, Bizo, we need your help. We need your help because you and only you can help us. So come over to our mothership right now so we can do this. But they say like, we don't know how long you're going to be with us. So before you leave, here's a piece of paper, write free piece of advice that you'll give to someone. What are those <laughs> free pieces of advice? <laughs> I didn't expect that question. <laughs> uh, three advice for someone who uh, starting music. And general sh music, generals, yeah, anything. Um, don't be, uh, don't release uh, music like right away, because mm. you're obviously starting music, so obviously you're not that good. You have to to think to 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 know that you're not uh, a great producer like right off the bat. That's something you need to work with, work on. Sorry. Uh, so before releasing music. Do some couple of tracks for you. Try to discover how to uh, how everything works. Like uh, what's how, why a sine wave is sounding like a sine wave, for example. Like try to understand what you're doing mm. and try discovering all the techniques that you think could be useful. But yeah, tr tr learn your stuff before uh, saying you uh, you release music. Yeah. Um, Another advice, uh, try to, to be part of uh, a community of mm. uh, music well, producers. Because yeah. uh, I did that. I, I mean, like um, when I started doing music, I didn't be, uh, I wasn't part of a community mm. right away. And actually that was, that, that was, that was like a bad thing to do because getting a group of friends that doing the same stuff as you, maybe like the same level or maybe a bit uh, better than you, like uh, a greater producer can help you and help you uh, moving forward and like uh, teaching you how to do stuff. 
uh, and just like helping each other. That's right. like really great. Like instead of just doing being by yourself and um, trying to learn by yourself, actually you can ask uh, other uh, producer like for tips and uh, just how to do stuff and be uh, up with or just uh, in return like uh, help them to do other stuff. And last advice. Uh, Mm, I don't really have <laughs> the one actually right now. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, don't don't be afraid to to not follow the trends. I'd I'd say because you have to find your own sound. Like, mm -hmm. don't try to follow like the the trends right away and just do music that you love making, even if it's outdated or just something that isn't. Uh, like uh, topping the charts or something like that. So just just do your own stuff. Do what you like and don't necessarily follow the, the, the trends. That's pretty dope. You know, coincidentally, that was the, the motto for my audio school that I went to. It was like, don't follow the trend, become the trend. Exactly. You need to put your sound and work for it to be like the trend so i i wholeheartedly agree with that man you know that's how you stand out from others that's how you become much more smarter that's how you become much more mm -hmm. diverse and create new stuff that's when you get more creative and then before exactly. you know it people are like following you now and they're like see i started this you know now well we're gonna end this right now Bizo, thank you very much for coming to the show, man. It was an honor and privilege for you to come in. And thank you for having me, dude. No, thank you for taking your time of your busy day, <laughs> man, and coming over to the show. I know it's like late over there, but, you know, thank you nah, very much. It's, it's just 10 p.m. Don't worry. I'm oh, a okay. night just, all. That's fine. It's only 10 p.m. That's it. Before, before we go, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can follow you and also what they can expect from you in the future. So you can follow me on SoundCloud, uh, Bizo or slash BizoFR. Uh, same on Instagram, BizoFR, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, same thing, BizoFR. And for the future, yeah, expect new music. Uh, and when COVID is over, uh, more shows. Uh, I hope. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Hope this happens. Um, Bizo, once again, thank you very much for coming in. Thank, Thank you, you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell to youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast or lone wolf pod.com. That's lone W O L V pod.com. When you can check all my latest episodes. Also, you can check from my audio version of it on SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts at The Lone Wolf Podcast, or even at Wolves and Music, guys. So comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me or Bizzo to cover, please let us know on the comments down below, and we'll do our best to talk about it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces. Deuces.